Hi, this is Ariana Chevalier. Um, this podcast is for adults only. You must be 21 and over. 18. 18. Well, we're, we're 21. You must be 21 and over. <laughs> and that's it. If you're younger, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Hi, and thanks for downloading another episode. Um, so, those of you who listen to the show often know uh, just a couple months ago I had surgery on my back and <laughs> to a bit I was having a ton of pain I had a anyway long story short I had after doing tons of different options I finally said all right you know what we have no choice we have to do the nuclear option we have to have surgery and so I had what was called a, a spinal fusion and uh, for a couple of weeks after things were feeling good and then pain started coming back and it's just Basically, the surgery didn't work. And it's been extremely, I mean, it's really bad. It's just, it sucks. It really sucks. Anyway, um, so, you know, there comes a point where you have to decide, do you uh, keep fighting it? Do you keep looking for fixes for it? Or do you just suck it up and say, you know, move, go on with my life and just decide, okay, you know, we're, there's going to be pain for the rest of my life. I'm going to be on painkillers for the rest of my life. Or do you, you know? Do you say, "All right, I'm going to go in debt, looking for a solution," which is what the surgery was for? Anyway, I, I bring the story up not only just because I'm just constantly pissed off about the matter, but also I don't know how. If you see Sod, if you out and about in see Sod, just give her a high five or something because I don't know how she puts up with me this past the past couple weeks. It's been just I've been so angry and foul. I've just been an asshole. And, uh, yeah, truly, uh, I thought I was marrying a, uh, an incredibly amazing, uh, dominant woman. Turns out she's also a saint. So, yeah, uh, every single day I'm reminded what a lucky son of a bitch I am. So, uh, and that's, and that's coming from a guy who just had a failed spinal fusion. So, there you go. Uh, this episode, uh, a friend of mine who... Um, mutual friend with uh, Alex and Veronica is uh, Riley Reynolds, who is uh, an amazing person who uh, we would hang out all the time. And I knew she did porn, but it was one of those things where just the subject never came up. The topics of like, so tell me about being porn. And, um, you know, I, I uh, we, the we just kind of casually said, hey, well, you should do a podcast. You know, you should do a message. It'd be a lot of fun to have you on. And she finally agreed, and wow, I'm so glad she did. Uh, she was so much fun to talk to, and uh, Alex uh, was kind, Mistress Alex, friend of the show, who, by the way, is, uh, you can find her at her brand new website, uh, bdsmmentorship.com. Yeah, and so here it is, conversation with uh, Alex and Riley Reynolds. You, so let's go, let's go back to the very, because I know you through Alex uh, and Veronica, but let's start from even before that, you, were you into stripping first or kink or how did it, because I know a lot of people kind of start out in one thing and then their horizons expand from there or. Oh man, I've had some interest in kink since I was in high school and experimenting with my girlfriends and boyfriends. I mean. 
honestly, as a switch on both sides of the fence. I started out more as a submissive. I didn't start doing any domination until college when I discovered I could do butt stuff to boys, and it was totally awesome. How does that happen? Because that's, I mean, how, did, how does that even come up in... Whoops! <laughs> you got your chocolate in my pee. It's like the opposite of that. <laughs> That's how you discovered it, right? You're just like, to use a metaphor. You're walking on a slippery floor and then just yeah. trip. Oops. I think it might have uh, just been my feminism and sense of fair play. I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to swallow my cum, you should try your cum too. Oh, well, if you get to fuck me in the ass, I want to go first. Will you, will you do it so then you know how it feels? And then... After a while of just starting that dialogue, mostly to challenge people, someone said yes, and I got to try it, and I thought it was absolutely delightful. So that's the funny thing, is that in the vanilla world, women will use that sort of as the end of the argument. They'll be like, well, if you want to fuck me in the ass, then I get to fuck you in the ass. Yeah. In the vanilla world, that's the end of the argument because they assume that the guy is going to say, oh, well, I guess we're not doing that. You know, yeah. <laughs> I have experienced when women have said this in the vanilla world, when uh, I said, OK, uh, that that was the end of the argument. Wait, then so that, were you yeah, right I was there tickled. trying to fuck vanilla chicks in the ass then? Wait a minute. Wait a I'm minute. Saying, <laughs> I'm saying that there have been times when when it's come up. And what came up? When the the thought of anal sex huh. or the conversation of anal sex yeah. came up, and then the female partner said, "Well, if right. you want to do that to me, I get to do that to you." Whereas I didn't really have any desire to have anal sex with them, me me penetrating them. I was very interested, very curious because I'd never experienced it yeah. for them to do it to me. Yeah. But I would say, "Okay, sure, great." And then they would be like, whoa, that's creepy and weird. Or no, that's like, that would be the end no, of it. No, because there's plenty of guys, and, and I know this, I know this, <laughs> I know this. There's plenty of guys that want to take it in the ass that are, that are like, you know, and you identify as straight, right? As heterosexual, basically. Sure, yeah. or, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to admit, you know. I'm not going to be offended if you, you call me straight. That's. Well, you know, and, and these kind of labels are. Kind of, you know, I, I, I a little just, arbitrary. I don't. I don't really. I yes. I'm. I, I'm just straight. I don't sit there and contemplate my identity at all. That's how. That's how very straight I am. I never have to. I never have to think about. That's my a really identity. interesting thing because it, being straight is a privileged identity. Like being white, you don't think about being white. Right, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. people who are white don't think about. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, not to no, go off true. on a tangent. There's plenty of straight guys who want to take it in the ass, but they think that they. It's just a absurd and they won't let themselves even think the thought and um you know uh and so yeah so it's like unheard of that a straight dude would want it so like and what were you saying earlier like a few minutes ago i think before we were talking you know you were saying how exciting it is because what were you saying before you're like i get to i'm experimenting with fucking a bunch of dudes in the ass because i get to do that weren't you saying uh, yeah like that I, i'm excited that i get to do it because now, since people, since I'm a switch, people in the scene knew me originally as a submissive, but now oh, yeah, that's what you're talking I'm be- about. How you <laughs> now, now I'm become, becoming becoming known, and so all of these people are coming out of the woodwork who I didn't even realize had that kind of interest who want to play with me, and it's it's really fun. It's really great to be able to explore that. That's cool. I wanted to make some sort of clever, um, you know, pun <laughs> about woodwork and wood, and, but I couldn't. I couldn't come up with anything. Fuck. <laughs> 
You know what? This is again. Well, here's what'll happen. You'll come up with it a couple days from now. Just call me up, and we'll insert. And I'll be it. like Riley, and we'll just insert it in wherever I said right. that. I don't have to worry a, about whether my wood works. It'll be the phone call. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice one. That was. Did you hear? What I missed you it. Said? I don't have to worry about whether my wood works. Whether my wood works. There you go. There you go. <laughs> nice. Thank you. There you go. Um, that. So, so you you were exploring in high school and college, and you were and the stripping didn't come until the until the senior year of college. So I was already a a big rampant proud pervert before that. How when was that? A couple years ago, right? Yeah, that was I think like three years, four years. Yeah, ago? right. The uh, so you you started stripping in mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. and that was just a hey, I'm interested in this, or I got to pay the bills, or a combination of all of them, or. Well, that's a, that was actually kind of a, a fun story. My friend and I were very bored going down to the, the gas station to pick up a couple of 40s. We weren't sure what we'd do. This gorgeous redhead hands us these coupons because apparently we looked very gay together. I was like, hey, you should come down to my work. And we're like, oh, what the crap is this? And it was a... It was free admission to the local strip club. Where we, was that? What, what local? This is in North Carolina. Yeah. And so we went down and met the girls, and I got drunk and told them I had always thought about being a stripper, but I wasn't sure how you learned how to dance. And they uh, they let me try out that night and borrow some of the girls' clothes. And They're like, turn around, let me see that ass. And then you're like, all right. Yeah, pretty much happened <laughs> off the cuff like that. I mean, because look at it. She's sitting on it, but whatever. Uh, yeah. she, she usually sits on it, yes. Riley's ass. <laughs> well, what, I'm so, going to say that a few times. Sure. Well, the first question is, uh, be honest, though. Wouldn't you get free admission anyway? No. Really? No, it's uh, especially if you're not coming in with with a man. And women often spend less money at these uh, things. Sometimes women can't get in alone. Really? Yeah, but luckily, it's true. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I I, you're, I guess you're right. I I would have always just assumed that um, if there's a strip club where there are women as customers, that would bring in more men. But I, I guess you're saying that's not the case. Maybe not in North Carolina. I was going to say, I, I was entertaining to the men, and uh, me and my, my lady friend did have several offers of uh, people trying to pay us to watch us have sex. Right. We'll get into scissoring later. Just hold on. <laughs> Those damn cuckolds, they're just <laughs> popping out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> More woodwork. <They're laughs> that sounds like an old... Like a, 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 a World War Two movie, you know, a comedy of the those damn cuckolds, <laughs> those crazy cuckolds. Right. Oh, uh, you cuckolds are great, by the way. Love cuckolds. Love me some cuckolds. Mm-hmm. I do. I do Jesus love cuckolds. Christ, just... <laughs> You're the one who gave me all this fucking sugar and caffeine a minute ago. Right. Okay, you can't That's blame right. me if I'm. Going. I told you I was gonna get jacked up. Okay, cornholio. Sipping, <laughs> sip, sipping chocolate. <laughs> But, I should have sipped it. Right. She's got a funnel. If she only like, I had sipped it. Anyway, back to you, Riley. What were we? No, what so, were we on? We're, so we were talking about stripping. <laughs> but, but back in North Carolina, before you got into stripping, was there a kink community you were involved in, or was it? Uh, how did you explore? How did you share information with people? Or was it just experimentation? And a lot of it was just experimentation, and I would occasionally look at message boards and there would be meetings but it would be several towns over if i wanted to go to a kink event and so i would only go like maybe a couple times in the school year mostly i just had my small group of friends people i dated people i played with what was that what was that like 
I mean, going to those small events in North Carolina, I mean, were they welcoming? Were they creepy? I mean, I don't know. We, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone about the scene in North Carolina. You know, uh, everyone was, was pretty welcoming. It was harder to find the kind of group I'd find in New York where I can find people who are close to my age, who have lots of similar interests to me besides kink. There, it was like all sorts of diverse people who were into kink. So there'd be people who were a lot older than me, people from these different walks of life. And as someone who was really young and in school for art, I felt a little out of place culturally, aside mm. from all we had in common was kink. Right. That's a common thing, I think, for a lot of people, because they might get into their local scene, but they realize very quickly that all, their only thing they have in common with these people in their local scene is just... You know, is just that. Whereas in New York, that's one of the great things. I'm sure it's very true in LA or San Francisco or, you know, bigger cities. Whereas you can find people that are, um, in your, in your same wheelhouse of information and just, <laughs> well, for example, nerds, you can find fellow nerds who are kinky or people who are into art and are all these different things, right? How did, how, so, so you're a stripper? You're, uh, did, how did New York, how did you move to New York? Is it just, uh, I had I had wanted to come here to pursue my art, and I did that, and then I came here, and I think it took about a year or so to really find the scene, but when I did, it was like I had discovered something I never believed existed, that they alluded to in movies, but that would be impossible, mm-hmm. all of this wonderful, vibrant community of people. So, uh, how did you meet Alex? I met Alex because... I was dating a lovely trans lady, and Alex was macking on him. <laughs> you know, we all were on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Exactly, and then we we all became buddies after yeah. you guys had met and were wanting to hook up, and then we all yeah. became friends, and yeah. then she went off and was doing her own thing after we broke up, and then you and I started playing, and I think by now we are just kind of... Part of the same little freaky family. Yeah, we have a lot of common friends and we have played with some of the same people and like it's all a big, you know, a lot of overlap incestual now. fuck family. <laughs> but no, it's fun. You know, it's it's been cool. Yeah, that's been like a couple years or something, I've, right? I've yeah. been here for three years. Yeah. I'm almost that long now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so things have changed and, you know, in, a, in all in good ways and. It's really interesting how uh, I think Sod and I sometimes forget that, uh, like, we'll be hanging out with Alex and a bunch of other people, and uh, I'll realize that Sod and I are the only people in the room who aren't fucking everyone else in the room in some way, or playing with someone uh, mm. in, the, in, the, in the room. We're like, my God, this is, like, we're the only ones here who are, like... But that must be, we're so awesome. You're still willing yeah. to hang out with us, even though... Yeah. Even though, <laughs> token we, even though we don't want to necessarily fuck you. <laughs> oh, don't don't kid yourself. I mean, I, you know... Everyone. Everywhere I go, people are just like, who's that? I just, you know, I let you in because you're wife, so you know that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I, you have no idea how many how many times... <laughs> I, 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 I've been to places where I know, like, if Saad was not with me, I would have... There's no way I would have been able, you know... That no, There's you're no, charming. You're wonderful. Sure. No, but it's true. It's, uh, just having sod around, I first found that out the, very early on when we were uh, playing together, like super early on, like the first week. We go to a play party, and 
they'd look at me and they're like, all right, just hold on. You know, or would be outside of an event or something. They'd be like, we're totally full. Oh, we saw it. Yeah, come in. I swear to God, those were, that's exactly how it happened at like three or four different places. We, at, in one weekend. It was like, like, like a fetish weekend or something like that. And I'd be standing outside in the cold and then Saad yeah. would show up and she'd say, hey. And they're like, oh yeah, Saad, yeah, come on in. Come on in. That's okay. And how did Very, that make you feel? Uh, I, I realized that, uh, it, it made me realize like, wow, if I'm going to get doors opened, I better, I better try to woo her and, and quick. Yeah. yeah. yeah or else. Open doors are nice. Right. Um, so you, uh, you start meeting people in the scene and where does your involved, how do you get involved in porn or is that just something that could sort of eventually like, yeah, sure. I'll try X, Y, and Z or. Yeah. No one else had suggested to me that, that I try it. I was really doing well enough with my art that I didn't need to do it at all. But one day I was working my eight hour day, doing my art things, looking forward to my sex party on the weekend. I was like, Oh man, I wish that was my job. I wish I could fuck beautiful people and get paid for <laughs> wait. Wait, Wait a minute. I can. Do I mind if everyone knows my face, if everyone I've ever met probably sees video of me? I had to stop and think for a while about that. And then I said, nope, I think it's kind of hot. That's awesome. I'm going to be in porn. And so I researched it for probably nine months before I contacted an agent and started doing it. How did, how did you, let's talk about your research. What, like, what did you research? How, did, how does one research going into the porn industry? I imagine you looked at other people who were doing it. Luckily, I uh, I knew some other people who had done adult work because in the kink and fetish and poly scene in New York, there are a lot of people who are at some point in the industry or have friends who are. So I just asked them about their experiences and advice and got a little bit of a feel for what different people knew about the industry, different agents, what they recommend to me. And once I felt like I had enough information to move forward, I just jumped Went down to Miami for my first shoots and then out to LA. How did that? How did that work? I mean, so you, when you found out what your first shoot was, did you research the people who were going to be in it, and do you clear every scene that's going to happen of everything that's going to happen in the scene, or is it just sort of like a free for all? Like you get, you know that X, Y, and Z is going to happen, and that's it. Or well, when the scene is first booked. Your agent usually won't call you to double check if you're okay with something. You do a, have a list of things that you will do and a list of things that you won't do. And your agent will go ahead and book them. Now, if it's something super kinky, your agent will usually call you and double check that it's something that you feel like you could tolerate or you could do. Uh, and then a couple days before, the agent will give you all of the details, including the name of the company, the name of the other performer you're working with, if you're working with another performer, where it's going to be, what kind of wardrobe you need to bring, whether you need to do your own makeup. and uh, But you don't usually get a script. You just know, okay, this is going to be a boy-girl scene with a blowjob. Go. Right. How did you... So, um, when you start out doing porn, right, You you did you decide on, like, certain things that you were going to do? And, like, how did you decide... How did you do all that? What was like the evolution or what was that process like kind of putting down your entry? Cause you like to do, I know that like you like to do, I heard <laughs> you like to do lots of different stuff. You're, you know, you have a range of things that you enjoy, but is that different? Like, okay, let me rephrase the question. Like how does your um, lifestyle proclivities differ or like overlap with your professional? 
Like, honestly, with my professional, I just, I kept it pretty vanilla at the beginning, just so I could get a feel for what it was like to be shot while I do sex things. Because it's basically, it's like modeling with a dick in you, right? So you have to try to look pretty and focus on, like, doing good poses, but in the entire time, you're also getting fucked. So Which I tried to just stay- like modeling. <laughs> Let's face it, because <laughs> you got a dick in you anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry, I didn't mean to insert patriarchy here. I yeah, I tried to, <laughs> I tried to start with simple things, and uh, work my way up to more fetishy or. Sim- what do you mean, like things. simple things, like sort of mainstream things? Sim- like, yeah, what simple, is a- simple mainstream, like penis in vagina sex yeah. is pretty easy. Being gang-banged with double penetration, I have not done yet on screen, even though it's something I've done in my personal life, because it's more difficult. It's going to be a more taxing shoot, and I want to work my way up to that so I feel like I'm capable of, of handling it, and so I feel like I'm comfortable. If, so let's back up a little bit. So you said it's like modeling, but you're having sex. Mm-hmm. That's actually not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> So you have to be conscious. So are you more conscious of the sex or more conscious of the camera and and your how you're position is it how you're positioning yourself to it or you get some some sort of muscle memory like that. So my first few scenes I'm very conscious of the camera making sure that I'm opening up, making sure that I'm in a position where you can see my vagina, where you can see my face, where I'm maximizing the amount of my breasts that are toward the camera. But after a while you get used to what the poses are that do that and you can focus more on the acting, the scene, getting off. Getting off. I have, I have a follow-up question to that. I know you do too because I see your mouth hanging sure, open. Sure. <laughs> sure. Do you review your own stuff? Like, do you look... Because you say you have... You know you can tell which way and you get muscle memory. Do you do that through, like, looking at your... Do you watch your own porn is what I'm asking you. I, wa- you? I watch And if so, do you masturbate while you're researching yourself? I, I don't do know. both. Uh, at first I was just watching it because I'm like, oh, I need to critique my own performance and see how I did. But it's very distracting to watch yourself get fucked, especially when you're thinking about how good it was and how much fun you had at the shoot. You're like, I know I'm supposed to be paying attention to my acting and whether I'm angling to the camera, but I'm going to just get out my Hitachi now. Yeah. Which I think is, is like, is also fine because you're like, that means you gave yourself a good review. I feel like that's the (laughs) the end result is like, is is happy, I guess. When I, when I watch porn, it's obviously entirely in my head of if the per- for me the the most important part is is the woman enjoying herself in this right mm-hmm. that's for, for me yeah. i can i can i have a sixth sense now keep in mind i could be totally in uh in uh, delusional about this but i believe i have a pretty good sense of when someone's totally faking it or because i've had a lot of women fake it with me trust me i know in it no no no, no, no. no never never true. happened never happened to me ever i'm sure I'm sure it's always happened to everyone else, but never me. No, no, yeah, of course. So, uh, but if I even detect a, a hint of she's not really into this in the slightest, it's not my it's not my thing, right? Whether that's she's on top or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but it's the person's job to act like they're enjoying it, you know, depending on the scene, obviously, mm-hmm. right? But um, I guess my question is is because are you are you just how do you enjoy it if you are, are don't do know the person are you kind of getting off on the fact that you don't know the person very well or what is it 
I guess my I guess my question is, and I don't know if I don't know if I'll get the real answer from you because, I mean, this is this is probably what every porn star could never really say is, are there are there scenes that you're just not I, I didn't enjoy that at all, and compared I'm sure there are scenes you enjoy right because you're watching it later right mm-hmm. because you said you're watching it later and you're masturbating to how good it felt at the time, but are there scenes you do when you're like God that was horrible and I didn't get off at all and didn't even come. You know, know, honestly, I'm really hyper-orgasmic, which is lucky for me, and I think it's really hot that I don't have to return, you know, return a call later. I'm like, oh, great, they brought me a stud, and they're paying me. Fabulous. But the only times the scene is really a bummer or difficult are actually times that you're doing more convoluted positions because it looks cool for the camera, and you keep getting close, and then you don't, and you keep getting close, and then you don't. That's Those are the ones where I get get annoyed do you get frustrated i get frustrated you orgasm denial a little ruined orgasm there for you poor little girl yeah, stop that's just too stop bad. i know i'm so i'm so that's spoiled i have too many good nice ruined things. orgasms oh what, no what happens before a scene you meet a guy or girl but you meet the person you're going to be in the scene with what do you talk about beforehand? Do you talk about, hey, this is what I'm really into, or please don't ever, don't ever do this thing to me because oh, I really yes. don't like that. So what do you, what do you tell them? You have, a, you have a do's and don'ts conversation. You say, I really, really like these things. Never call me. One of my things that you never do, even if they're going to verbally degrade me or call me a slut, you never call me stupid. That's one of my things. I also don't like to be tickled. That's not a thing. Uh, you know, everyone has different limits. Right. And so you're talking to this person and you give them this list and are they, uh, how often are they like, yeah, okay, fine, cool. I mean, are, I, to be a guy in this industry, I would imagine you kind of have to respect what the other person says. You can't be a total asshole. You'll end right? up on, you'll end up on too many people's blacklists because you can have a list of people you just refuse to shoot with. Right. Right. Do you have anyone on your blacklist? Nope. Nobody's caused any problems thus That's far. That's good. That's good. And so you have the conversation with the person. Are you trying to flirt with the person to get the mood going ahead of time? Or is it work? It's just like, I guess we're working together today. Okay, done. I usually feel out whether the other person is being distant. But I usually try to be a little flirtatious before a scene because I feel like it helps screen chemistry. Right. And so... It's fun. If the other person is... I mean, how often do you notice, okay, this person's all business or this person's being playful you know all business is rarer i think it's some of the ones who are married outside of it and just and have been doing it for a long time will just be like oh hi we're just doing business and they'll be friendly but they're not as interested in flirting as often people who are younger or newer to the scene or don't have another relationship will be like oh sweet yeah flirting with a hot girl maybe she'll have sex with me sometime when there isn't a camera in the room and i'll have to worry (laughs) about keeping my boner forever (laughs) Is that, the, is, is that like their biggest concern is just maintaining the erection? Is that basically their... Uh, well, the guys have to do a lot of the work because really there are very few like women on top positions. It's almost always the guy is doing all the work or positioning us like so that we're opened up to the camera. Lots of times what we're worried about is keeping, keeping the arch in our back and, you know, having orgasms and enjoying the thing. Well, as many real orgasms as you can have. You you want to do right? Right. right. <laughs> so are, are they? So their their main thing is keep the erection and position you. That's basically. And then the, our thing is keep myself positioned. Come, of course, they have to come at the right time. Right. Not come and then do it on command. Right. 
I'm, so I imagine. I feel like all, all guys should have to do that. <laughs> but, like, what's that's how it should be anyway. I imagine they should ask permission and they should come when they're told. Because <laughs> there's a switch that kind of, at least as a guy, there's a switch in my brain that is it's like the don't come position is always on, right? Mm-hmm. Until I've been told otherwise, right? And so I think. Excuse me. That would probably be the hardest part is you're always in this off you're always in this position of giving pleasure and you have even though you're enjoying it you have to kind of shut that part of your brain off at least for me this is how it is. You ha- you can't get too caught up in how good it feels or you're going to lose, you know, whatever because you're also focusing on the other person and if you end up forgetting about that, that's when you have to like, okay, hold on, we just have to pause for just a second. Let's just pause. All right, now let's continue. Uh, <laughs> that happens and then sometimes like, in shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll feel them like slowing down, and you know that the scene was about to be over too soon. Right. They're like, oh, we got to get another couple positions in, and the director's going to be pissed. <laughs> director's going what? Going to be pissed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what has has a, a scene ended too soon for you before? Um, it has, and what you do is you break until they can get an erection again, and then you go and work your way through the rest of the positions, and then you get the pop shot that you wanted at the end. Are they taking pills for this, or they... Some, some people guys, do, other people don't. I've heard some guys give themselves injections. I have heard about that, too. Yeah. I haven't witnessed it, but who knows? It even could have happened on the set where I was, and I didn't know. Right. One of my favorites was a gentleman who didn't use anything but like to eat pussy to get hard. That was fantastic because sometimes you do play a little bit in between things to get you wet, usually to get them hard. But I really liked that for this guy to get him hard, I just had to lay back and enjoy myself. Right. Yes. I can relate. That's right. And what about women? You play with women as well. If you do a scene with a woman, how do you approach that scene as opposed to a scene with a guy? Well, I mean, you're going to have a similar conversation, right, about your do's and your don'ts and what they like. It's more likely to have some sort of a variation of you looking at their fingernails and telling them whether or not they can put those things inside of you. Mm-hmm. But uh, the conversation is remarkably similar, possibly even more flirty. Girls in the industry are always all over each other, which is terribly fun. I always imagine that there are women who are into women and women who are sort of gay for pay. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you, do you know, can you tell the difference? Do you find out or do you, can you just get a vibe? Like, oh, this person is clearly just doing it because it's the paycheck and this person is totally into, into ladies. Or well, it's hard for me to tell. I can usually tell whether or not they're into me, but I can't necessarily extrapolate that to be sure whether all ladies. Right. But yeah, there, there has been somewhere I'm like, oh, you don't really, you just faked that one. Oh, come on. Don't, don't do that with me. Let me at least work with you here. <laughs> you, that one was fake. God damn it! <laughs> Something that uh, you and uh, Alex were tweeting about before the interview quite a bit was: Do you want to talk about this? Do you want to set it up? Yeah. What have you got to say about? Scissoring? Oh, I was just thinking about that because you're talking about you know having sex with women, and you had tweeted. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Like mm-hmm. you had tweeted something about why. Um, I, I I actually don't remember exactly what it was, but I I, think it was, I had a different opinion. It was something about like there's this reason why 
women don't um, trib as much as they do um, like sex with like strap on sex or it was something like that or, right? yeah. or insert penetrative sex or something. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, fingers, hands, mouths, but you don't, people don't scissor very much. And I said it was because it was harder to achieve orgasm, but yeah. you think it's for a different reason. I'd like to know well, what it is. Yeah. So, so just for, you know, <laughs> folks at home, we're talking like you said, scissoring and I said, tribbing, these are words that mean, you know, women rubbing their pussies together or their, their clear eye. Mm hmm together so yeah it's um and but it's yeah it's often called scissoring well first of all i i i think it's debatable whether like you know it depends on if you're internally stimulated or externally stimulated and how you're stimulated mm -hmm. right i happen to be a person who's externally stimulated and i you know i it's way easier for me to get off on um, clitoral stimulation than penetration in fact like i you know it's distracting. Penetration is distracting for me, so I I generally try to <laughs> avoid that. But um, you know, it's not terrible. But it's um, and I you know, and I have and, and it's and it's sometimes okay. You know, in the in the very you know, I don't like to you know. It's funny. Did I talk about this before? About because because um, I went for ten years without being penetrated. And then, like, I, I picked it back up, like, you know, a year or so ago with one particular submissive partner. <laughs> I you picked said, it I, up. No, the face you, the, the said, I picked it back up. Like, you know, I, I renewed my membership. I gave it up. And <laughs> right. then I picked it back up with this one person where the power dynamic is very clearly in place. And it's very kind of objectifying and I'm topping and I, and I, and I am able to actually get off like that, but I'm, but it's because of the way my clitoris is stimulated while I'm doing it and I'm in control of the situation mm -hmm. and there's this certain kind of a scene happening. So, um, anyway, with women, I, and then there, then I was also thinking, you, you made me think about all this stuff cause you're talking about like pussies. And so I dated this woman, um, this is years ago and she was the kind of a person who was, um. Like the butch in the streets, like what's it called? Like um, she was a bottom, right? But she was like presented as as kind of butch, um, mm -hmm. which which is kind of a bummer because like you know that affects the way people perceive me, and whatever. And I like to make sure everybody knows that I'm alpha all the time. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, our, I would fuck her with with different strap on. Like we would start with one size, and then I would start with another size, um, and uh, <laughs> and then we would finish by by tribbing or scissoring, whatever. Hmm. And, um, and that's how we would both come. Like, so that's how we finished each other off basically. And like, I, man, at that time, like we had such great sexual chemistry and kind of terrible everything else, but like, that's why we were together for as long as we were. Um, and I'm sure she's not going to listen to this, so I don't mind saying that. But um, anyway, I don't think you said anything. Even if she was listening, like, she'd be like, "It doesn't identify." Like, great. We had great sex. We actually had great sex the right. whole time, and um, and I could come in like ninety seconds through rubbing clits together. And the reason why I think that you don't hear about it as much is because like people are a little skeeved out by it. There's a couple of reasons. Like you don't hear about it that much because it's like I don't know if it's very intimate. Like how do you have you ever broached the subject and felt a little awkward or sensed the other person felt like a little like I don't know. Like you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's about the orgasm. I think there's something around it and I'm going to make a weird face and use hands around like do this. <laughs> Missed it. <laughs> and I have another thing that I want to say about it but go ahead. Um 
And maybe something that relates to it is the heteronormativity. There are all these activities that lesbians will do together. But the idea is that smashing your genitals together, that's for heterosexuals. There's no... Well... Um, But you can, like, but you... I mean, you can achieve pleasure from grinding on each other, but it is more of a fringe activity. Like, I talk to people about it, and it seems like... Yeah. I, I even hear lesbians going, oh, well, that's not a thing. And I want to be clear that it isn't not a thing. People do it. I don't know why you would act like they didn't. But I, it isn't I'm as really actually as surprised p- portrayed to hear in porn, that. Though. I'm really actually surprised to hear that. That that people, like, that, like, card-carrying lesbians would say it's not a thing. Because it's, it's certainly a thing. And I, and I don't identify as a lesbian anymore. I did for a little while. But, um... The, the other thing I, the other thought I had about it, and I had a lot of fun thinking about this, so I want to thank you again for that, um, was, was that, um, <laughs> I think part of it too is, is, and like I said, I was in the lesbian community for a while, and, and again, and like I was never perceived as a top, which pissed me off because, you know, I present very feminine, and, you know, I was automatically assumed to be a bottom, right? Because like in the lesbian community, not so much these days, but like, you know, a few years ago, um, it was like very homonormative and there was, you had a, a, a butch and a femme and that's how it was. And you knew what the butch was top, you know, you knew the butch was top and you knew the femme was the bottom. And that's like not really how it is. And so mm-hmm. I think the other part of that is like, someone's got to get penetrated. Like there's got to be like a phallus in there in order to propagate this, you know, homonormativity, um, via like rejecting heteronormative. Sorry. And to, to, get and to count as this. sex. Too. To count is sex exactly cause because there's got to be penetration because we're sold that and I really think that even women who have sex with each other it's we're socialized to believe like oh this is sex like rubbing pussies together I mean yeah, I there's, there's, I can come, there's like, this line so that people think of that's that. between foreplay and sex and it tends to have a lot to do with vaginal penetration yeah or or I, I guess in the case of gay men is that it becomes sex when there's anal penetration and does it take a power dynamic? Like, that's my question. Like, it, it, does sex have to be? And I think, I think it kind of does inherently. And, but we don't want to say that as society in general. Like, there needs to be a power dynamic in place. And that means someone's got to be like inserting something into someone else. And, you know, but you know, everybody who has been dominant, who has been penetrated and still felt dominant knows that that's not the case. Like, that doesn't have to be the direction of the power flow. But mainstream society, and I know I'm not saying that with any kind of vitriol, I'm just saying mainstream society. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love mainstream society. They're, they're everywhere. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> they're fantastic. They brought us the cronut. The place is teeming with them. Well, one thing Especially I thought... Especially they had today. <laughs> one thing I thought of, though, is that... Scissoring in porn is always is always shown as a... Maybe an afterthought, right? If they might have a Hitachi between them or something like that, but it's like, oh, oh, and they did this. It's like it's oh, this happened, but it's not. There's not a lot of time spent on it. There's it's plenty just, of porn that's just trimming, like yeah, oh, I'm sure. a lot. I'm sure. you have this, to look for it. Sure. But like, but if it just happens in porn accidentally, as far as just if you yeah, watch a quote unquote yeah. lesbian scene, it yeah. would be that we, if it's in there, it's just going to be in there for a brief period of time, yeah. and also. Um, it's mostly like fucking with glass dildos, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but the other thing glass too, is very popular for stills. I'm wondering if it's because oh. it's uh, it hides, it covers up the vagina. 
I wonder if that's why. Not in, with in Gonzo, forward. man. Like you get that thing in there, nice and tight. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about tripping. Yeah. I'm ta- that if they're you can see them against yeah. each other. There's a lot of different well, positions. Well, I'm not sure. sure if you. I'm not sure if you. I'm think sure my scissoring is very limited. Com- they zoom know. in for the double see, vagina. You can see right. the double <laughs> vagina. Man. Sure, but I'm it. saying is you can't see I'm the full. I mean, I'm getting very animated. It's just like it's like oral sex when someone's performing oral sex on a woman in porn. It's I've never done. I mean. I've never They're done, always like, so far away. It's uh, always too far away, or, or or stuff isn't being covered up that should be covered up, or something, yeah. or, or they're licking the belly button, you know, or they're like way off. Yeah, the, their right. their their head is so far away, and they're like, I've got their tongue stuck out. But uh, luckily for some stuff, like you get knee. to just like you can just grab their face and like grind yeah. it in there. But then sometimes you do have to let them get farther away for a shot, just because yeah. people want to see your pussy. They right, want to see right. the opening. They want to see the whole thing, right? Yeah. Which is sometimes an impediment to. Actually enjoying Meet it. Meet with sex. Yeah. Right. Me getting, yeah. <laughs> to do you, it on. When, you, when you're in a scene like that, is that for, is that for you, do you kind of think of it more as, okay, right now we'll just count this as foreplay instead of something that's completely screwing up your vibe? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, foreplay as opposed to an impediment. Right. Is that how you have, you have to think of it that way? Or? I mean, it works better that way. You're certainly going to have a better performance and look more like you're having fun if you just try to enjoy it as foreplay as opposed to being like, oh, God, I can't wait for this to be over. I better fake it. Right. Just try to enjoy the feeling. Or like tease and denial, maybe you can think about it. Like yeah. That. Uh, after a scene, uh, is it like, okay, very good. Nice working with you. <laughs> See you later. Bye, Bill. You know. <laughs> and then you're off or is it more like hey that was great let's hang out after and do it again except quoting you know uh is it i guess my question is, is does it feel more like work for you or does it feel like you just had sex does it feel, are you sometimes thinking oh that was really great i really want to fuck this person now or do you think i just fucked that person you know what i mean i think it might speak to the uh the way in which i have sex in my personal life that both are, are the same for me because I love going to sex parties where I'll just fuck people and be like, oh, that's cool. Your dick was just in my mouth. High five. Okay, peace. Right. So I'm, I've always been kind of detached yet bubbly. And so I think I continue that at work. Does it say that on your <laughs> website? Detached yet bubbly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was fun. Cool. You just inside me. Awesome. Go team. Is that, but it's all, probably a, a way to keep people from maybe from keeping the guys from being too uncomfortable as well, right? Because maybe they might be like, oh, like, I'm sure there have been times when the guy was like, geez, I'd really like to see you afterwards or something. Well, people exchange numbers. People follow on Twitter. They're definitely sort of in the industry affairs that happen because you know the other person is tested and you can have rampant, unprotected sex with them and not be endangering your career. Right. That's a big deal. Hmm. Is there, there's something I was thinking about too, is that there are... I don't even know how this... For some reason, I think it's what it is, is there was a time whenever someone would follow me, I'd immediately follow them back. Early in the Twitter thing, mm. I was like, okay, if someone's following me, I'm, it's polite to follow them back. As a result, I am following, like, there's a lot, if, there's a lot of porn stars in my feed, right? Um, I don't think I've ever seen them in anything. I don't know. But... One thing that comes up over and over and over again, and at least as part as complaints, uh, maybe maybe this is not the case anymore because I'm not, I don't know, um, is you'll see uh, a porn star, female porn star, who will say something 
who will be complaining that guys on Twitter or guys are emailing her or something like that, and they're clearly delusional, <laughs> right? They're like, oh, I totally, why don't you come over to, come to Dallas and we'll, you know, fuck all weekend. You know, they're, they're, these guys think that the person they're watching on porn or whatever is the person, they're not acting, right? And at the same time, so the, the actress, the porn star is like, I can't, Listen, guys, I am not going to come. They're like, like you, angry. like you'll just fuck anyone. Like you just love sex so much right. that, right? Is that kind of what you're kind of like at? that? But at the same time, in many of the things they tweet and say, it they're putting this persona out of someone who is insatiable and will fuck anyone, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not saying that means the guys are perfectly, you know. I'm saying that. These are stupid guys, obviously, that can't realize that there's a difference between marketing and mm. real desire. But have you found it tricky to be presenting? To I mean, do you present yourself? Do you have to be careful how you present yourself on social media like that? Or mm. well, and another thing with these guys, I think they're missing a step because if you think about someone as being, you know, really like this and insatiable and flirty and sexual, if you really think that they're the person they are on on set, off set. Which, in a, in a way, I'm pretty close to that. There are a lot of girls who are in sort of the more poly or swinging or sex party scene who will get into porn, who really do just love to fuck, and that's what they do with their spare time. But uh, they're not going to come to Dallas. They know a ton of people to fuck in their town. They got people on speed dial. We got, we got people taking numbers. <laughs> so... Like, regardless of how many dick pics you send, we'll just be like, that's bizarre. Right. But, uh, yeah, I I also try to be pretty honest with my fans about my personality. So I don't do the over-the-top tweet back whenever someone says, oh, I'd like to, whatever they would like to do to me. I'm not like, oh, yeah, baby, get over here with that hard cock. I'm like, oh, thank you, smiley face, because I'm just... Uh, like, or if they have a particularly hot fantasy, I'll be like, ooh, that's really sexy. I would love to do a video like that someday. But, but I you, try had, to... you definitely have to say, I'd like to do a video yeah. like that someday. Rather well, than because saying... it is a compliment, and you like compliments. And, I'm, and I and love sexual like attention. Yeah. I think it's so hot there, people jacking You're off to me. I am really and, into it. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I was just thinking when you were asking that question, like people make this assumption about a lot of people in different kinds of... Um, who are sort of sexually atypical right like in the poly community or who are um not not heterosexual or um or who are kinky or uh who do sex work or who do porn or you know that you'll just have sex with anyone and like and i'm still approached by some people who are like you know, I'm submissive, let's get together. And I'm looking at the person that sends me this message. I'm like, do you really think I would, uh, like, you know, not, I'm, whatever. Like, I am very clear on my profiles and stuff that I put out there that I'm, that I'm happy with the people I'm playing with. And it's like, you're going to have to really be, you know, extraordinary and fit these very specific parameters right. that I have. And yet still I get other people. And, and I really think it's a function of people making this assumption that, wow, you just m- must want to fuck everyone. And people forget that, like, we actually have personalities. Like, whether or not we put, we put out this persona and it's true, it's a true depiction of who we are in that moment, guess what? We also have other 
things like personalities and characteristics and like hobbies and it takes chemistry and attraction to want to fuck or play with somebody you know that's the other thing that i think people just are like totally over their heads it's quite possible that also maybe if i if i ran into you at a sex party and you were right in front of me then that would be an appropriate time to whip, whip your dick out and say, hey, would you like to have sex with me? And, you know, maybe if you happen to be right maybe, there, I would be like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Dick out. Really? Yeah. So maybe that's, like, I guess I don't go to this. Well, yeah, swingery <laughs> things. Oh, okay, I guess I don't. Yeah, okay. You do want to show your dick, I guess it is swinger. Well, I mean, that really wouldn't be how I... The, the I mean, criteria. I walk around with my dick out sometimes, but that's different. That's a really... I've found that for, for people who know me as submissive... And don't know that I'm dominant. That is quite an awesome way to both get women and subby guys walk around a party with a strap on. You get a crowd of all sorts of interesting people. Really? So, <laughs> that, so you and Alex, you probably can speak to this as well. So you'll just walk out, walk around mm-hmm. with your dick out, and you're just like da 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 da, da and <laughs> that's totally. I'm sure you're going. But that helps too. You're, but you're you're walking around, and then uh, then there are people who will just kind of. What what is it about a woman wearing a strap on that is so much more? It's so much more many things you can fill in the blanks than a guy walking around at a at a sex party, maybe with a heart on himself. What's the difference? Why is it so much more appealing for people? I think it's that sexually women do end up having a higher social capital but also that it's like anyone who has cool gear if someone has cool toys out like fetish toys if someone has like an awesome e-stim setup or something like that people will flock around them too because people see you at a play party with a toy that you're ready to play with that they're interested in having done to them they'll come to you and say excuse me i see you have a thing would you like to use that on me let's talk <laughs> How about you? You, you, you? Alex, you said Well, you... I just think it's less uh, common. So whatever's less common draws more attention. I think it's, it's kind of simple as that. Like, guys will walk around with their, their dicks in their hand a lot. Like, that's, you know... I'd do it if I had a, a penis, you know, that, right? that was growing out of my body. I would fucking constantly be jerking that thing off. Are you kidding me? Uh, you said you didn't care when you were starting out in porn. You said you didn't... You had to decide that whether or not you cared if people saw you in mm-hmm. porn. Have you ever had... A condition where someone... A condition. Have you ever had a rash of, of <laughs> oh, people? No. no. Have you ever, has anyone recognized you on the street or been in a situation where someone was like, oh my God, I noticed you from X, Y, and Z. Or someone in your personal life sends you an email like, um... I haven't had any strangers approach me or recognize me that I know of. Right. Um, and then I have had people who I know personally contact me and tell me that they saw me and i have and i know from friends of mine who know that other people from my college are asking them about it and asking where to find my work so and what i mean what is that like for you is that extraordinarily uncomfortable or you're like hey this is the deal now i think it's kind of cool actually i did blush a little bit when i found out secondhand that the guy from my college had been asking one of my closer buddies where he could find myself and i'm right. like he should just use google <laughs> you, he really asked okay yeah, cool. but maybe he doesn't know your porn name right i mean how would he yeah right um something that uh i'm very curious about too is about the, that the industry i've heard has been changing quite a bit especially in the past couple of years that because of consolidation and just technology in general making it 
much more difficult for these porn industry porn companies to make money. Or I should say, the only way they're able to do it is if they go real niche or something like that. Because you can go on porn and find whatever you want, right? How does that... Yeah, it's mostly, uh, it's it's niche and it's big sites that have big names and mm-hmm. already have, like, huge following. Like, if you're, if you're, like, Reality Kings or Bang Bros, people will still be watching you. But a lot of the smaller companies have shut down unless they're dealing with a very specific niche. And then there's the big name parody features, which are still marketable. So there- Oh, wait, you were going to do a, a BSG parody. I really want to be Starbuck. In we're great on Twitter. That we, she and I are great on Twitter because she said that. And I was like, ooh, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be all the whole six sixes. And I'm going to be, we're going to have a gangbang. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so actually, I just heard a thing on, I just heard a thing on NPR. <laughs> and the, the door opens and you hear Alex going, I'm going to have a gangbang. And the neighbor's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's a company like that is the third Biggest source of third or fourth biggest source of traffic on the internet. Like Netflix is number one. Netflix has there's more traffic coming from Netflix than anything else. Google and YouTube is number two, and then the third or fourth is this company that all they own are all the porn sites, right? The YouPorn and all these other things, right? And what hap- kept happening is Bang Bros and a couple other ones kept getting kept sending. You know, cease and desist and take down notices from the YouPorn and these other companies. And eventually, YouPorn, uh, whatever they're called, uh, bought Bang Bros. And they bought a bunch of the other ones. And the first thing they did was start cutting the fees of everyone. So the adult stars and all these people were getting considerably less. Like, we're talking like, cut their per, you know, per fee by three quarters or something crazy like that. Have you have you heard about that? I mean, have you experienced this or? Ooh, I hadn't heard about that. It's certainly possible. Maybe now I'm even working at a reduced rate, but I don't think so from talking about, to people who've been in the industry for longer. That's good. And I don't know. Since it's since it's fun work, if you like it, and I guess if you don't have anything else to do that day, it's it's not so bad. But it's still tough that you'd be getting paid less to do the same work that you've always done because you like so you said you have like a list of things you'll you're willing to do Mm -hmm. in at least how many of those are anal (laughs) (laughs) i know that i don't know if that's what you're gonna ask actually what i was gonna ask was no but i just asked her something so she can answer mine and then you can finish asking you told me to interrupt you i did well uh, anal is one thing. Oh, you mean on the standard list? They'll ask you if you will do anal, double penetration, gangbang, or double. I think double anal is. On so you the can list get too. fucked in the ass. Mm-hmm. You can get fucked in the ass and in the pussy. You get fucked in the ass by a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. What else can happen in your ass? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, While we're talking about it, I you can know. have you can have two people in your ass if you're really that prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could get fisted in your ass. You could. And I'm not I don't know if you could. I could not. No. Yeah. I'm I'm not on that level. No. Yeah. I respect That's okay. it. I really enjoy okay. fisting other people anally. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. That you just feeling that grip around your hand Does is not feel one of good. And then it, when things. it like sucks it in like that. <sighs> yes. It like tightens around your forearm. Mm-hmm. How do you even get someone to that? I mean, how do you go from 
is it just a matter of conditioning over the course of time being able to go or, or is it just like, Hey, either you can get this or you can't. Well, let me, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I want to say it's a combination of nature and nurture. Yeah. And how much nurture? And how <laughs> you much- have like a, you know, a, a inherent ability to be fisted and then it's like through your environment and your context and somebody, you know, putting stuff in your butt a lot or you putting stuff in your own butt a lot or both. Um, you become able to be fisted. But it's just you have to things. want it. You have to really want to be fisted. But it's one of those things that just over the course of time. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can be automatically fisted like first time. Uh, oh. It takes it takes practice and dedication. The and I've never trained anybody up from zero myself. I've always had people come to me having already trained themselves as something they did for fun yeah. with toys in their spare time. And I was completely delighted to yeah. see that they had been dedicated enough to do that. It was like Christmas. Yeah, just... that's, that's how it usually happens. I've, I've only trained one person up from zero. And actually, this is a, I'll, it's a very short story. I'll just say from like A to B, like A being zero and B being fist. So like A, the person cried from after getting fingered because not because it like hurt it was uncomfortable and it wasn't what they thought it was going to be and they cried out of such disappointment because they wanted it so much but they could they were worried they wouldn't be able to tolerate more than two fingers and then about um like two years later my fist was inside of them that's so inspiring that's so inspiring. That's gonna be a made for TV movie. Tennis claps. That's gonna be a made for TV movie starting Meredith. That's Baxter a true Brain. story, by the way. That's nice. And I texted like I fisted them, and and I was like, just I texted like six people right now. <laughs> with my other hand. It was a slow text because I was like one thumb, and I was like, hey, like oh, I should have texted with the other hand. I should oh, have, man, I should have waited. Uh, so is there someone just approaching, say, hey? I like to get fisted. And then you're like, oh, cool. Or is this sort of like it was a play partner you already experienced something with? And then- These are people I was already, uh, that I had already been fucking in the ass with my strap on. And had, <sighs> one of them I had played with before, the other one I had not. And I don't know, I just started, was it before or after fucking them? But I, I just started putting fingers in and just kept adding more and then suddenly my whole hand is inside yeah. them and I feel triumphant especially mm-hmm. since they had trained themselves at home they didn't necessarily know that a person's hand would fit in there they had just been using large toys and yeah. they're having a good times and you have you know lovely hands and they're they are you know bigger than some and smaller than others but they might be hands that could fit like especially for someone who's you know yeah the hand girth hand is about the girth more, of a large toy yeah your your hand might be more uh, amenable to mm-hmm. to fisting someone for the first time because it might be a little bit smaller than it's a little smaller they're, than mine they're, they're petite ish my hand's yeah. a little bit bigger than yours like i don't mind saying yeah. it i think it's just, <laughs> it i'm not being arrogant i'm just being factual just saying, yeah. Got, yeah. You know, but that's happened to me too like with accidental fisting like because whenever i want to fuck somebody i like i'll check their asshole with my fingers like i you know finger them to make to warm them up but also to see am i using the right am i going to get the right size cock it's kind of like a litmus test to see like how fast could i put in how many fit not that i'm trying to put a bunch of fingers in real fast but (laughs) like it's just like you know it's an assessment for the size of the cock you know that i'm gonna get out of the my bag of dicks and then if i get four fingers in and then suddenly i have five in and then half of my hands and i'm like well maybe i don't need a dick because i got my forearm right here and that's happened before i'm curious so when you're testing (laughs) that's another story when you're testing you're, you're you're testing to see and you both can answer this 
You've got your bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. <laughs> and you're testing. Joey bag of dicks. <laughs> you're testing two or three fingers or whatever, how many fingers you're testing. Yeah, sure. Because you want to know, because you want to go as big as you can? Is that what the no, idea is? Or well, is it- I mean, no, it depends on the person and how experienced they are. Um, you know, you if, if they like the idea. Some people like the idea of taking as much as they can. Other people just want whatever's going to feel good. So it's no, it's just assessing what's right for somebody, right? Like the person. What do you think? Yeah, and it can even be a conversation with them, too. Like, as well as just testing, testing with your hand. You could talk to them. Because, I mean, one of the guys I most regularly fuck in the ass right now, I can just get out my bag of dicks and he'll just tell me which one we're doing. He'll just be like, oh, I think the, I think the purple one today. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm not up for this. Could you use that, that flesh tone one? Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, last night I fucked this guy, and it was the first time he ever got fucked with a strap on. He's been fucked by real penises before. Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's not say real penises, because I don't want to be disparaging of a, stra- of a dildo, because those are real as well, like, you know. But, um, like, a, you know a penis attached to a cis man, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he... Because he used to feel like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. If I'm a bottom, I'm supposed to just be fucked by, you know, by cis guys, right? It's very interesting, you know, because it was kind of like the same thought process I had before when I, like, realized that, I'm, you know, I'm a top. I must, like, you know, be a lesbian. So I thought that for a few. Anyway, so I fucked him with the dildo for his first time. So for him, like, he had taken plenty of dick and probably larger than the dildo I used. But I made a point to use kind of a medium-smallish one because it was the first time and he, was, he seemed like kind of sensitive guy. Not a size queen, so that was interesting. Yeah, and sometimes you can downgrade in size and not stretch someone to their full anal capacity because you'd both like to do something really vigorous. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you know, you can't really pound somebody. Like, you know, most people you won't can't pound them too hard if it's too big, right? But right. if you use something smaller, you can fucking get in there and like really. Get exactly. Well, also, there's the there's the I. Idea of if it's too long, you're going to be missing the prostate entirely. Yeah, right. right. Depends on the so it all. There's no there's no easy answer for your question. Well, I was just curious for you personally. (laughs) (laughs) One one thing I wanted did that was because you have you have this list of things you're willing to do, and you go in. um, If you, I mean, because in 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 maybe in your day to day non professional sex life, you wouldn't do things that you're not in the mood for, right? You're like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for doing this today, so I'm not going to do this. But you might walk in someday and and they're like, oh, you know, we decided we want to do X, Y, and Z as well. Um, how do you prepare yourself for something that you may, maybe was not, you weren't kind of thinking about beforehand? Or how does that if someone changes the shoot the day of and the content, that often changes the rate. So that will lead to renegotiation and a phone call to my agent, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, Does that happen? I haven't had it happen, but I've heard people talk about it happening. And also that that's a way sometimes people get taken advantage of right. by people who will change stuff on them and then negotiate with them on the spot. Because they don't want to have to deal with the agent because they... Or, yeah, or no, because they think the girl is going to be naive and occasionally people do get sort of swindled that way. But um, then there's other times that you do, in fact, have to go in and do something you're not in the mood for, even though you knew. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to put giant stuff in my butt today. And I mean, I'm warmed up for it, but I'm just not in the mood for giant stuff in my butt today. And you know what? You get in there. And usually if you have a good partner who talks to you about what you like and what you don't like, they'll get you warmed up. And even if you felt like you didn't want to at the beginning, you are usually having a pretty good time by the end. I try to I try to go in with that attitude. And it usually is awesome. 
how how often has something happened where you show up and or maybe you don't have to say how often but <laughs> have you been in a situation where you show up and you're like all right this is definitely a shady this is not a professional atmosphere or this person is a bit of a weasel or you know where you show up and there's like okay this is not professional at all or have you been pretty lucky luckily that has not been the case and i actually thought i would run into at least some of that due to the way the porn industry is portrayed in movies and the way people talk about it but really it mostly it seems like it's just it's a business it's an industry it's an entertainment inter- industry and people are just there to get the shots and get their paycheck and have a good day and go home nobody wants to make I haven't had to deal with anyone who's really shady or shysty or inappropriate. Is there something that where you show up on set? I'm just trying to think of my my work, my, my day job, or when I'm doing my freelance work. I know that if X, Y, and Z is present, that I'm going to have a good day at work. Oh, I know that uh, there's a... If I'm working on a, if, if I have someone comes to me and says, Hey, I want a website that has X, Y, and Z. I'm like, Oh, great. I love doing X, Y, and Z or something like that. But you don't know until you're actually in, the, you know, the thing. Are, are there times when you show up and, and there's something there? Maybe it's donuts. I don't know. Is there something where you show up mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, great. This is great. I'm going to have a really good time. What is it? Is there something in particular? You know, it's when that conversation about do's and don'ts becomes something where both of your faces are lighting up because you like the same things. And you have a good conversation about your do's and don'ts. And honestly, if there's a good craft service table, if they have like a, a, a good amount of like tasty and reasonably healthy snacks out and the other talent is like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely like into choking and I think that like sloppy is better. Lots of spit. I'm like, great. It's gonna be such a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and and if the person and, and if the person is the opposite, you know it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah. What is your pre speaking of butts <laughs> before you're gonna do a butt scene? Is there a, a a thing you do? Do you like only eat broccoli the day before? I don't know. Is there a, a, something celery only for you know that morning or what is there some girls have really strict intense regimens some people fast before it because they don't want to start their digestive system in the morning i cannot work without calories it's not a thing so i go ahead and and eat normally but i do a butt plug the night before that's maybe a size down from the big one that'll warm me up for the scene and then you just wear it all night or just oh i'll do it for like an hour or two the night before just while i'm playing video games or something and uh then, not while you're scrubbing the floors on your hands, because that's not what I was picturing in video games. But all right, I guess you're playing video games. Playing video games. Real talk. Uh, then, then the morning, like I do my whole like normal like clean shower routine, and I just add an enema into that with just warm water. That's beforehand, just just beforehand, or uh, yeah, right before I go to set, and then I bring uh, bring an extra enema for for on set. And I often will take half of a, um, I forget the, the name of the pill now. It's the opposite of a laxative, something oh. that keeps you from pooping. Right, right. So I'll take half of that so that, so that my enema is not for naught and so everything stays where it was. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that different people have different, because I have that, like, Saad has to tell me, like, all right, tonight's the night. And then so I know, okay, there's a certain thing. 
every 45 minutes or, you know, or whatever. There's a thing I do that has to be happen beforehand. And it's... You don't want to say what it is? Well, no. So I, I will do an enema every, like, every hour, hour and a half for, like, three times beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that's probably overdoing it. So I'll, I'll do an enema, like, three times, right? But it's probably overdoing it. But it's more so... So you can be relaxed. So I don't have to think about it. Because yeah. guaranteed, whether I want to or not, the first question I ask her after we're done and we're relaxing and our breathing is coming down, I'll say, was it clean? That's yeah. the first question I'll ask, that's right? So, that's such a big question, for, especially for even for people. Well, I guess you're, you're pretty experienced now at this point in the game. So, you know. Again. You've been, you know, you've been fucked in the ass a few times. Let's not, right, let's yeah. not beat around the bush. No. Um, but like, that's a big question for a lot sometimes of people. Sometimes she'll do that too, but while, while doing it. Yeah. Sometimes she'll beat around the bush beat while doing it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> beat around the bush. Right. But, you know, people get, get really freaked out about that, um, you know, about the clean question. And it really keeps, it, it really can be really distracting, I guess, for a lot of people. Um, keeps them from enjoying themselves, I guess. Yeah. I don't worry about enemas in my personal life, by the way. I'll just do like warm up with a finger or a butt plug or whatever, because Honestly, anyone who has much anal experience usually is used to the possibility that there will be some, but there usually just is not much residue of any kind, and you can go forward. And it really doesn't significantly matter if it's not if it's not on camera, and everybody's used to butts. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's one of those things that is like one of these uh, you know socialization things. I think that that is made up by you know that it's dirty or whatever. You know, it's dirty in a way, but it's I don't think it's, like, actually dirty most of the time. And it's, like, one of those things that people who never have done it and don't plan to talk about, and then people who do want to do it don't because of those people. Yeah, it made it seem scary. Alex, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about objectivism? Objectification. Oh. Objectification? I mean, I don't know. I, I had... I, I don't know if there's anything really to talk about, actually. I was... I had some notes written down, like... Um, it might be interesting to talk about um, something related to porn addiction, um, objectification, sexism in the industry, and as much as possible about butt sex. I read the down. But we've been doing covered. We've been doing. Is there anything about butt sex we didn't talk about that you desperately want to talk about? I mean, we haven't we haven't talked about rimming at all, and I would just really like to give a rimming, shout out yeah. to salad tossing because that's one of my yeah. favorite things to. Give and receive. It's just a pleasure. Oh, Give nice. and receive? Yes. It's very rare that someone I, I find uh, is totally game. You know, I don't know. I'm a fluid I, person. I'm not, I'm not a... I'm, not I'm a, also a person who's into fluids. I'm not... <laughs> when, you, when you say you're into fluid, you just like, you just like a mess, is what you're saying. Mm. Uh, I like... I, I like semen i like spit i like pussy juice i like blood if i can feel comfortable with everyone's pathogen level but that's a special case do you want to talk about sex addiction uh, porn addiction you said yeah i don't really know much about it you know more about psychology please tell me about this is an idea i think that well it's it's i have been reading about a lot of different things lately you know i'm um i'm doing my phd now right in human sexuality so i'm i'm reading way more like academic articles and there were a couple i read recently in the last couple months about about porn and kind of like opposing viewpoints in a way. Um, one was saying how people who watch, people can watch a lot of porn, especially if it's like niche porn or fringe porn or like non-main or, you know, non-main atypical porn. 
and really identify with it. And it can be a really positive thing for their identity and help them overcome fears they have, whatever stigma, and help them, uh, you know, feel good about it so that then they can bridge into real life and meet people and do the things instead of feeling isolated and alone. So there's that one thing I read about, which is like a, some research that was done. There was this other thing I read about saying something kind of similar, but that if the person has inherent um, addictive you know, um, tendencies, tendencies. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Um, predisposition for addiction. Tendencies works just fine. Okay. You're welcome by the way. And thank <laughs> you. Um, no, it's always good to reduce the amount of syllables. I think, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and that that can be problematic because porn can really appeal a lot to, uh, to that. And, and become a problem for people. But um, I, I don't know if, I, I guess, you know, you being in, in, on the other end of it, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I just, I, I think that porn is great. I, I have recommended it. In, in one massacast that we did, like one Dear Mistress, I was talking about how porn can be a great way to communicate with your partner about what you like and use it as instructionally. But then it can also, obviously it's also very demeaning for a lot of women. It's very kind of, patriarchy reinforcing so that it's just like a complicated issue it is really complicated i think a lot about the policy of porn i enjoy it so much from the inside but even sometimes when i see the way my things are marketed i'm like wow that seems like oppressive and problematic the process of making it was so fun (laughs) can you give me an example of that Oh, my goodness, I would not give you a specific example because I don't want to talk about anyone. But can you give me, like, Um, a generic... It's that something about, like, the language in the writing of the copy, I think, is is really, like, weirdly violent ways to describe things. Like, people are always writing porn copy that's like, gets destroyed by cock. And I'm like, whoa, now, I was just having a nice time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But that's sort of just, it's not just porn, though. It's about... A lot of different, I mean, some, this is not just important. They, people will try to use because it's clickbait, right? Or, you know, watch John Stewart destroy Fox News on X, Y, and Z when really he just gave a criticism or something, right? Yeah. It's just sort of, they're just bad writers, kind of, really. And there's also stuff like just inherent in language. Like, I talk about, like, I, I recently posted today about the swingers wife swapping and how it's never husband swapping or that right. gangbang is inherently a very violent sounding phrase. I remember seeing some people on Twitter having a conversation about that and it, they were all suggesting different words for it that might be more equitable. And Jizzly came up with a great one. It was service orgy because it still yeah. implies that there's one person with all the attention focused on them, which yeah. any other orgy words would not imply gangbang, which is where one person has to focus. And I really thought service orgy was a nice way to say that. But yeah, really, you, re- you referred to a gangbang. I mean, yeah. Is that just because that's, that's the what that's, else... that's the standard term for it. Is the right. understood yeah. term. Yeah. But it does. There is a lot of it that's. But I was also weird. talking. I referenced a gangbang that was all women. So like, when you think of gangbang, you think of like six guys fucking. You know. Uh, you know, a cis female, right? Um, but I was referring to six sixes who are. Female-bodied Cylons, right? Fucking Starbuck, who is you know gender non-conforming, but I guess she's female-bodied. F- female, yeah. So that's you know again, I, I don't know. It wouldn't fit the the common like, a de- tough talking tomboy. Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, Which would just I think 
super hot. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever considered saying you know having that part of the deal is that you can't have the word destroyed in a sentence <laughs> with my name or something like that? Or? No, I mean it doesn't it doesn't bother me significantly. It's you just, just like rolling I, your I eyes just, at it. Yeah, I just occasionally roll my eyes at it, or I, I look at it and wonder what it is I'm contributing to and think, oh, I should be involved in more feminist porn projects because there's a lot of that going on. And I think that as I start to get more of a fan base and more autonomy, I may do some of my own projects. Have you reached out to more feminist porn to companies to say, hey, I'd love to do X, Y, and Z? Or I've been in touch with a couple. I did get to shoot with Lily Cade, who was delightful. Wonderful. Uh, she's like... The gold star lesbian of the porn world and does all these. She recently did a wonderful parody feature and she does uh, porn about real nerd girls where we can have conversations about Star Trek and then have lesbian sex, which is basically what I do in my real life anyway. So, <laughs> when, before you're going to do a scene, do you research the person quite a bit? Like, do you watch some of the scenes they've been in or? I usually just look them up and check out their Twitter and a few stills of them so I know what they look like right. and the types of things they've done. Like, oh, this person mostly does vanilla this and that. Oh, this person's been nominated for this and that award. And I'll right. just check their Wikipedia. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, th I'm sure there's I – mean, is there anything else that comes to mind that you'd like to – what do you say to people – I guess this is, this is a big one. What do you say to people who will say that you are contributing – Maybe probably feminists will come up to you and say, or maybe not come up to you, but maybe just say that you're doing a bad thing for women, that you are hurting, hurting the uh, agenda for women everywhere. I think that uh, in the patriarchy is the water in which we swim. You can't really escape it. And I'm using some of the ways it objectifies women to give myself a better life where I can do something I enjoy. And I feel really good about it. Other people won't feel good about it. I accept this. That's probably the best answer anyone could possibly give to that, I guess. Thank you. Yeah, I think that viewpoint is, is sort of rooted in second wave feminism, and luckily feminism has evolved and um, is focusing more on empowerment and choice that women have instead of, um, you know, having to act a certain way in order to prove that you're, you know, doing the right thing as a woman, whereas it's like, well, there's a lot of different ways to exist and you can be hyper-feminine if you want to and still have owned that and, like, yeah, maybe it's a role that you're playing, but you like it. You like being, you know, seen that way and expressing yourself that way. So that's kind of, I think, changed. Mm -hmm. Changed a lot. I would never suspect that... Uh, I would ever have an opinion that would matter either way. So, but Aww, that's the sweetest thing. That's no, true, though. It's true. The last, I'm the last person anyone wants to hear the my opinion on this. That's subject, not so. true. Well, thank you for you know being supportive of female voices on this matter. Well, I guarantee Sorry. you, someone would be, someone would be uh, emailing to ask me that question. Why didn't you ask her this question? So there yeah. you go. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I hope you're willing to come back and do it again. We can talk more about, I'm sure Alex has a lot more butt stuff she wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah, butt stuff, yeah. Butts! Less syllables than anal yeah. sex. Yeah. Oh, wait. Anal intercourse has even this is more. True. That's true. But, uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. Good to be here. Do you, uh, is there uh, anywhere you want, do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Riley Reed? 
Reynolds. Oh, <laughs> Riley Reed is someone else. She's doing quite well for herself, though. It's just, I have no idea. I'm just alliteration. It could I could have said uh, Reynolds rap back in <laughs> Riley Reynolds on Twitter. One word, I assume. It's uh, just the beginning of it. It's Riley R E Y X X X. And uh, I'm sure people do just Google and find you all over the internet. Yes, if you Google Riley Reynolds, my Twitter is one, it's like the first thing that pops up. So. There you go. Uh, thanks for doing this. And Alex, thanks for being the brains behind the operation as always. My pleasure. Thanks, Riley. Thanks, uh, Alex, who you can find on BDSMmentorship.com. And um, you can also find links to Riley's Twitter and more details about her and tons more. Oh, also, someone donated 20 bucks to the podcast this last week. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was very kind of you. It really helps out a lot. Um, Massacast.com. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.